0: When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like, rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery,
2: Good evening, America and, and Canada. Welcome to Water Break with Waterboy. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, Cross-Politic this summer. For the most part, we're recording every week, but we have a couple weeks here and there where Cross-Politic is, is kind of on hiatus because we're actually doing more production work than filming work. So uh, Water Break's going to be popping up here and there, kind of filling in some gaps this summer for cross Politics. So uh, thank you for joining us and uh, glad to... Be back on Waterbreak. Glad to be with you. Just me and you guys, me and Waterbreak crew uh, without Knox and Pastor Toby here. You know, they kind of released the chains off me and uh, let me just be with you guys. It's a little weird, but um, I, I enjoy it. Um, as you guys uh, maybe know, maybe not. Uh, you know, when Waterbreak first started, actually, a, a lot of the interviews that I I started um, doing was with Canadians. Uh, this is like late 2020, early 2021, and it was kind of right in the middle of all that COVID stuff. And that, and, and actually, I think it was a uh, maybe January 2021. Uh, I interviewed um, Pastor Coates, Pastor Tim Stevens, and, and, and even before they were arrested, and then they got arrested. And, and so I felt like Waterbreak was kind of extending, uh, kind of a voice to Canadians that was was much needed. And, and so, in some sense, uh, Waterbreak's kind of been very um, fond of what's been going on, or very fond with a lot of friends in Canada, a lot of pastors working in Canada and so forth. Uh, well, just two weeks ago, I think it was on June 5th, the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, the state-funded media, I believe they, they received $1.3 billion from uh, the taxpayers in Canada. Well, they kind of did a, a hit piece, whatever you want to call it, a news article, front page news article uh, in Canada, kind of on uh, some of the Christian movements that are happening that are trying to get, in, that are getting involved in more of the political side of what's going on in Canada. That includes Pastor Jacob Rayom, Aaron Rock, uh, Mike Thiessen, um, uh, Joe, Joe Boot and his work. And I actually have them all on the show with, with me today. But for, for America, kind of w- one of the things that you, we should be um, taking note of is Canada is about, you know, what, 10 years ahead of us maybe, maybe 10 years ahead of us uh, into a a train wreck. And we're probably, you know, uh, what, I don't know, five miles behind Canada and this whole national sociological um, climate that's been going on in Canada. It's happening also here in the U S. And so it's really important, I think for Americans to pay attention to what's going on in Canada Uh, and in the same way you want to kind of compare, let's say uh, what happened in Colorado, Uh, Colorado, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was actually a pretty strong conservative state. They, were, um, they voted for two Democratic presidents in the last, I think, 50 or 60 years. Uh, and then about 10 or 15 years ago, Colorado turned straight liberal. Um, they're, they've got some of the most liberal policies in the nation now. Uh, liberals control Colorado. I mean, this, this change happened in about you know, 20, within 20 years, this change happened. And the stronghold of of liberals in in Colorado is significant, and so I think we need to take warning of what's going on in Colorado, like Idaho. Idaho is very conservative, but Colorado almost changed on a dime, almost overnight, almost after four you know four year election, and now Colorado is staunchly liberal and you know, creating some of the most liberal policies in the in the nation. So Canada, I, and, but I think we can also take in, in some sense be encouraged by that 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 Canada. Can be taken back over, can be made, you know, Christian again, and and so when a national hit piece like the Canadian Broadcast Corporation and what they just did happens, I think one of the things we can kind of take comfort in is that hey, they're they're nervous of us, they're taking note of us, they're they're thinking about our movement and or the Christian movement, not our movement, the Christian movement, what's going on in Canada, and they're putting it on the front page of their their newspaper. Now this article, uh, and there's some podcasts along with it. Uh, it actually starts off, it, it mentions, it eventually gets down to, it mentions some stuff, uh, me and Pastor Wilson here in Moscow and some of the stuff uh, that we're doing here in Moscow, uh, but it actually starts off with Jacob Raome, Uh Pastor Jacob Reom, and uh, let me read the, just kind of the open, open sentence here. It starts off this way. It says, on a recent Sunday morning in Waterloo, Ontario, Pastor Jacob Reom gripped a lectern and issued a warning to his congregation. I love that narrative. Just fantastic. And and, and here it's quoting Pastor Jacob Realm. A Christless existence leads to the dark, hopeless abyss of death. He told around 200 people at Trinity Bible Chapel and Evangelical Church on the outskirts of the city. First of all, Pastor Jacob Realm has about 600 um, people attend two services. So he told that ultimately to over 1,000 people at his church, not 200. But this article is kind of combining a number of categories, and it's talking, trying to talk about Christian fundamentalist movement in Canada, uh, it's, its desire to be involved in politics, and its um, relationship or its preaching against the LGBT movement. They, they call it the anti-LGBT movement. In fact, they've included a warning. If you listen to the podcast, they've include a warning that says, this story contains anti-trans comments and deals with suicide. <laughs> That's the warning that they include. Well, um, Pastor Jacob I want, to, I want to start with you in, the, in this in this conversation. Um, obviously, when when 2020 happened, uh, your your church started to kind of kind of wake up to the, the the political challenges and the shutdown that was happening. Canada was kind of claiming some sort of absolute authority over the church some sort of absolute authority over its citizens about, you know, can they go to work? Can they get, you know, can they go to church? Uh, you know how it eventually it became down to, you need to get vaccinated and so forth. Uh, and, and your church started to become a known church because of you started, you guys started kind of resisting that kind of, that kind of COVID tyranny. Um, now that this article comes out, why do you, why do you think this, this articles coming out all of a sudden from the Canadian broadcast corporation?
0: hard to say why they're I mean obviously they perceive that we're a threat part of me wonders if it's trying to kind of deflect in another direction our prime minister has been embroiled in a very significant controversy I think a controversy that like no other prime minister in our history has been embroiled in and that is that there's been um, clear reports from our intelligence agency that uh, he's in bed with communist China somehow, and um, he tried to get out of it by hiring a family friend to be his special reporter. Uh, his family friend actually just resigned from that position with pressure from the opposition party. So, I mean, CBC is is a propaganda wing for uh, the left in this country and certainly uh, the liberal government. And so it's it's kind of nice to paint the, the picture that, uh, you know, that's crazy. Lunatic fringe fundamentalists are the real enemy of the state. When you have a prime minister and um, his his cabinet, and and election interference coming from communist China, so that wow. that could be a reason. I mean, there's there's obviously other reasons. They're they're um, massively pro homosexual, and it seems that the that movement, that group of people, and the activity that they participate in is almost um, it's, sac- it's sacrosanct. Uh, in the eyes of a lot of Canadians, and it's something that you cannot touch. It's to them, it's perceived as holy, and to speak ill of that is to take uh, take their holy um, uh, behavior in vain, I guess. And and so this is they. I guess we've t- we've touched something that they perceive as holy. So there's a few things uh, that are going on um, within w- within this article. I think as far as the the mo or the reason behind it. All right, Pastor Aaron Rock, I found this
2: article interesting, where it kind of ended with a sad story of a transgender person committing suicide. Um, to me, that was, you know, that's not journalism. It's, it's it's trying to pull out your sentimental strings of of what's going uh, of, of of what's going on in society, but trying to also kind of tie that into you guys in some sense, the Christian movement in Canada. Where it's like, you are anti-trans, this guy commits suicide, and, and they don't say this, but they're almost insinu- insinuating that um, the church is responsible at some level for, for this, these suicides happening in the LGBT community.
1: Well, I mean, this is the original lie, right? That God isn't good, that somehow God is a cosmic killjoy, that he's holding out on you, that if you just take the fruit, you'll be like God. You know, at the root of all sin is this notion that God isn't good and that he's holding out. And we certainly rail against sin. I mean, transgenderism is a sin, homosexuality is a sin. We're not going to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. But we, in part, we speak out against to the, the holiness of God, but we also have a heart for people. We are pastors. We love people. And having children chop their body parts off or people participate in sexual conduct that brings disease and destruction to their physical bodies is a concern for us. Mm-hmm. So the reality is I can't speak to the specifics of the situation of this one person that took their own life. Certainly, But we know statistically that there's a heightened increase for people that participate in, you know, non-creational sexual sin that not only does it bring about greater disease, but it also pushes them towards, you know, the, a hopeless existence. And so it's not uncommon to hear of people taking their own lives because of situations like this.
0: If I can oh, provide you. some context for that, um, please. That particular situation, because it was my sermon that this particular journalist visited, and where I brought up the the suicide of of this person. And so, about that week, I was actually in, in the course of my preaching. I was I was speaking speaking on suicide that weekend, so I was on the suicide of Judas as I was continuing through my Matthew series, and and someone sent me an article from a local newspaper talking about this person who had committed suicide and the the individual it was a lady who declared that she was a man was a was a student at Redeemer University which is a university just south of us and is a a large reformed university at least historically wow and the the article pitted subtly at least subtly attempted to pit the suicide on the school because of their Christian beliefs. (laughs) And, and so I under, and then somebody sent me a screenshot of this, one of this person's last um, Instagram posts, which was celebrating her full mastectomy uh, is a, is a trans conversion to become like a man. Yeah. And so the suicide actually took place within about two weeks of her chopping off her breasts medically Wow, And, and that wasn't even mentioned in the article. No. And so, so what I'm, it's a tragic, terrible, and in many ways, disgraceful situation on many levels. It's sad yeah. for the family. It's sad for the person uh, who killed herself. And, uh, it's, uh, disgraceful for the way that it was represented and handled on us on several levels. So that was brought up in my sermon. And then, and, and what I said was, I, I revealed what the the or the sorry the journalist in the Hamilton Spectator the article in question of you know the sermon that I, I addressed it in mm-hmm. I revealed what they left out and that was that the surgery had taken place about two weeks before but they didn't mention that so That's incredible. you know but they they pitted on a Christian university yeah. as opposed to saying well maybe there's something else going on here and this is an individual who killed herself after mutilating her body and woke up one day and realized boy that might have been a bad decision well on all kinds of likely on jacked up on all kinds of hormones. Wow,
2: um, Michael. I'm going to bring you here in a minute, but Joe, um, it's funny t- to read a lot of the article and how it mentioned reconstruction. Uh, it, it the person Jonathan Mont um, seemed to little know little about reform theology. I doubt he can even define what reconstructionism really is. Uh, and it, it seemed like the article kind of really went after you guys at the very beginning talking about how you're like this massive think tank with this massive, uh, financial budget, uh, the Ezra Institute, you know, um, how did, how did, how did that play out with you in terms of you you even wrote a response to this whole article? You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, so the the article and the, the
3: documentary, at the close of the documentary, he says that, uh, you know, to learn more about the think tank at the heart of the Christian fundamentalist movement in Canada, go to my article, and you go to the article, and there's all kinds of st- stuff about us in there. And yeah, there is, a, there is a desire to paint us as a sort of secretive, uh, well-funded, sort of dangerous organization behind uh, large iron gates. Uh, holding secretive events um, to, you know, overthrow the uh, the progressive agenda uh, in Canada, and it is rather comical. That's why I I dug up the the figures are the, of the funding actually for the the CBC that the state is actually paying for. Um, you know, if you actually look at, at the annual budget of the Ezra Institute, um, which is you know less than a million dollars uh quite considerably less um and then you look at the the uh, the budget of the the behemoth the cbc uh it's 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 farcical but as i point out in the article when you've got the lord on your side if god is for us who can be against us and you might be a, a just a small group of pastors and, and leaders and a, and a small christian think tank but if you're speaking the truth we, we, we may be small, but we carry a very big stick because it's actually God's rod and staff that we carry as God's people, as prophets, priests, and kings. I mean, the Ezra Institute was founded in 2009, so we're in our 15th year now. And this has been our message for uh, 15 years, that uh, we need to recover a full-orb biblical world and life view we need to recognize again the Lordship of Jesus Christ and uh, apply the comprehensiveness of his law word to our lives. And um, the last few years, I mean, we, we began pretty much in a broom cupboard uh, in my mm-hmm. a, a, a church plant in downtown Toronto at the time, Westminster Chapel. And uh, we, you know, we've grown from there, but it was in the last few years when we saw this massive state overreach and the 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 incredible violations, the 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 um the almost unbelievable, really unprecedented violations of of uh, sphere sovereignty, of the freedom uh, yeah. and liberty of the church and of the family. That's, that that uh, in people's minds, suddenly the message of the Ezra Institute appeared a great deal more relevant to them than it perhaps had before. It was easy to sort of write us off as a sort of niche ministry for. Right. Intellectuals, they're uh, sort of uh, you know, inclined that way, and all of a sudden, the issues that we were speaking about became uh, f- uh, front and center. So they pick up on a few phrases very, very quickly. They they mention fundamentalism, nationalism, and reconstructionism, and you can see that they they're using these terms pejoratively first, right? And in ignorance, they don't actually define any of them in the article they get fundamentalism all wrong which was a late 19th early 20th century movement amongst presbyterians baptists methodists to affirm the fundamentals of the faith against liberalism uh and that was against uh, liberal theology that was invading the churches but of course fundamentalism in america as you well know gabe over time kind of shifted into a culturally retreatist um, Zionist kind of dispensational um, uh, movement that actually rejected the sort of earlier evangelical model of cultural transformation and engagement. Right. So they're muddled there. Then they try and sort of uh, put nationalism as a political ideology on us. They don't define it. They don't talk about the different nuances of meaning of The nationalism or nationhood. And the goal, of course, is to just invoke the image of skinheads uh, (laughs) shouting racial slurs and fundamentalist sort of radical uh, sort of just like Islamists. So, you know, Islamic Sharia, here's the Christian version, look at them. And then they pick up this tag reconstructionism, I think, probably from another organization in Canada, an anti-hate network, uh, so-called, again, has um, uh, government funding. uh, And they decided to pick up on this so that they could tie us to our American friends, uh, guys like Doug and yourself, and um, uh, and earlier thinkers and, and people associated with the desire to apply biblical faith to all of life, including politics and culture. But of course, he admits, even actually, that in I think in the article, that he hadn't even heard of reformed Christianity prior to doing the research. So if you haven't even heard of it, and then you yeah. wade into um, uh, complex discussions um, about, essentially, uh, the reform confessions, the yeah. history of reform thought, going right back to John Calvin, and think that you're going to dispense with it. Um, in a CBC article, you know you're deluding yourself. So the goal there was really to stigmatize um, the the movement in Canada to say these are extremists. Basically, that's what fundamentalism means in the minds of Canadians. Right. Uh, that they are um, nationalists. That is, they're they're, they're dangerous xenophobes. Um, and they're reconstructionists. So if anybody does their little Google search, they can find that we're this sort of radical branch of, of, of Calvinism. John Stackhouse, to be fair to him, um, is cut very short in the article in the podcast, actually, the radio program. Uh, he sounds almost sympathetic in the short section that he's actually given. Hmm. But uh, so it's it's one of those articles where they're hinting at things that are partially true yeah. Um but they don't have the the understanding the knowledge or the or the uh, ability to really um uh, enter that discussion and the goal is not to bring understanding and light it's to stigmatize so that people might be able to just label us and dismiss us as quickly as possible but I think it's backfiring. I mean the the feedback that I've been hearing from people across the country and in the US has actually been uh that uh Aaron and Jacob and Michael have all come across really well. And so is the Institute and our responses have been measured and, uh, and, and, uh, and sound and impressive. And I think people see through the, the CBC as the, as Jacob said,
2: the propaganda arm of um, the liberal federal government. Michael, um, you started Liberty coalition in I think it was 2021 just kind of a, as a, a need for Christians to get more involved in politics that the, the government had shut down churches. Christians had no voice in the poli- in the political realm. And so Liberty Coalition kind of came around to kind of um, help change some of that process. Um, what isn't, what, what's going on in Canada where they're surprised that Christians want to run and get involved in politics. That's just so simple. And so, crazy it's like hey, don't we live in a democracy what's going on there
4: i think the i think the one of the main purposes of the article we talked about this um we've talked about this within some of our responses is to tell christians where they ought to be so the, the one of the main purposes of the article is to just subtly say hey if you're a christian and you don't want to have anything to do with the public sphere And you're willing to let us tell you to do whatever you want. We're really okay with you. We're going to call you mainstream evangelicals. Um, But there are these other really bad people over here that we want you to, you know, it's jamming, it's associating, you know, we want you to associate them with pain. So don't be, don't be like them. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think anyone's really shocked that Christians are getting involved I think they're shocked because um, maybe we're having some success and and people are listening. Um, I, I want to on that whole point of of shocked about success and and that people are listening. I do want to point out the biggest insult in the entire article, and uh, that was pointed out to me by our chief litigator uh, James Kitchen. The chief insult is that they didn't talk to our in, to our legal defense department. So one of our one of one of, one of the things that we started doing, you know, when we were at the Ezra Institute and and, and um, we we had we were having discussions. one of the things was that we need to talk to lawyers. We need to understand constitutional law. and that was a blessing and in getting involved politically so early on is because you learn the law. you, you actually learn um, that the things that Joe was talking about earlier and these affronts to our civil rights were a reality. And so I remember, you know, James was reading the article, and James was like, "They don't even mention me. I don't even get a shout out." You know, that that's half of our work <laughs> is legally defending Christians, That's right? That's exactly uh, right. in 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 Canada. And so James's work is amazing. I, w- I would encourage everybody to go to libertycoalitioncanada.com. dot com his work in defending, I think we have seven cases going right now. It's really important. And I think that's why the article was written was to give Christians a way to say, yeah, they're not really against us. They just want us to be quieter. And then that would actually hit us in the support area. It would hit us in the organizational area because part of the joy of being with men like this on this podcast is, you know what it's like when you're on the front lines and you're a little bit hardened, and the softies behind you are a little bit oversensitive. Mm-hmm. It's great to be able to organize. It's great to be able to shout out to 50 or 70 or to 200 churches and say, this is what you need to do. Go do this. And to have a number of them respond positively, that's that's a great strength. And yeah. that's what CBC doesn't want us to have.
2: It's crazy to me. And any guys can hop in here. It's crazy to me that the Canadian government can arrest pastors, shut down churches, You know, basically um, Kind of persecution light um, on the church, and then the Canadian Broadcast Corporation responds with an article like this: "Like oh, you know, gassed that you know Christians want to be involved in politics now." It it blows my mind. Like, why don't you do a report on the government persecuting the church, but instead you do a report on the church now wanting to get involved in politics
4: it is it is the it is the way that the left works in Canada. It is you, you push and you make you make headway the way that they did during COVID, the way that they have with Bill C four. All of the passers on this call know Bill C four was unanimously accepted in 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 by our parliament and by our Senate. Mm-hmm. Um the left pushes and right when you think they're gonna take the pressure off, they push a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's just a I think that's just a strategy. And so I'm not surprised by this at all. I, you guys jump in.
3: I think for the sake of listeners, people should be aware that Bill C4, um, in case they don't know, Michael, is was basically passed last year, uh, Gabe, that essentially criminalizes pastoral ministry. It basically says, the preamble to the bill says, the, 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 the view of male and female within the Christian tradition is a myth. Right. That's the preamble to the bill itself. And then it goes goes to criminalize any pastor, counselor, um, therapist, anyone who would um, take somebody uh, at their request, a consenting adult who comes and asks you and says, I'm struggling with same sex desire that I don't want or I'm struggling with gender confusion I don't want. Will you help me? Will you talk to me? Will you pray with me? Will you counsel me? If a pastor does that and it becomes known and there's a case uh, against them, they can face up to five years in prison now right. in Canada. Right. That's the stats. The, so the you, Canadian Parliament has come perilously close to criminalizing the practice of Christianity. Aaron, jump in, because I know you want to say something here.
1: Yeah, just a couple of points. Obviously, the government has at its disposal Uh, financial penalties that they can meet out in order to silence their enemies or charges they charged many of us uh, during during the pandemic for simply asserting the lordship of Christ over the ministry and worship of the the Christian church. And I I think this article is actually tied to um, uh, a movement or a desire among the federal government leadership to remove the charitable status, which I don't think theologically they even have the right to remove, but legally they can attempt to, to remove the charitable status of any church that doesn't stand for the progressive, woke, leftist, antichrist agenda. That's right. And so that's a component here. Uh, Trudeau threatened the uh, pregnancy centers during the last election, and he was going to remove their charitable status. And many of them, Pregnancy Care, Care Canada, for example, is a, a group that oversees many of the pregnancy centers. They no longer actively counsel against abortion in these Christian centers because they're concerned about the charitable status being removed. The other point I wanted to make is they're concerned about us getting involved in politics, but in, in actual fact, the reason why we appear to be more political than ever before is because the government is more religious than ever before. Yeah. They've stepped into our churches. They've, they're have they seeking to control our, our counseling, as Joe alluded to. They're seeking to control our meeting habits. They're seeking to shame us when we speak out against something as basic to the Bible as creational sexuality. Yeah. So it might appear that we're getting more political, and perhaps in a sense we are, but that's only because the government's getting more religious, and we're challenging their ultimate authority uh, over all of all of life. Take it,
2: it, Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to Aaron's point. Uh, you know the the government is targeting churches going after them creating laws to suppress what we here in America would call free speech for pastors and and yet the canadian broadcast corporation is concerned about you guys
0: there's a spiritual aspect to this right and this is um like we're dealing with an antichrist state that has been I guess it embodies the spirit of Satan at this point in time, and this mm. is why I think they would single out churches, and people wonder, well, why aren't they singling out mosques? Well, because, I mean, mosques are not a threat to the kingdom of Antichrist. The church is, because we're proclaiming the gospel of Christ. And, and by the way, they're singling out not just churches, but they're singling out churches and organizations. Um, Alex Klusterman was another one. He's a pastor on the other side of Toronto from us. Uh, who was mentioned in at least the um the podcast mm. that they did? And they're they're singling out churches and and institutions that are preaching a full orb gospel. So a gospel that of repentance and a gospel that demands that the the kingdoms of this world bow to the kingdom of our Christ. And so I think there there is a very real spiritual element to this that uh, we need to be we need to be aware of and it's and we need to we need to engage it like christian soldiers and put on the full armor of god and 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 wield the sword of the lord uh, i want to in in here
2: um so the article you
0: can actually go on the canadian
2: uh, CBC ca and the articles inside the fundamentalist christian movement that wants to remake canadian politics and it, it just it's funny it just ties in um <laughs> all these all these guys <laughs> and and then for whatever reason they want to include you know uh me and pastor wilson in this article it'd be interesting to actually interview the the guy who wrote the article but i i don't think he'd ever come on the show um on just why he took some of these approaches and, and ties you know northern idaho into canadian fundamentalism um, actually go ahead. Go ahead. There's
4: Michael. a Gabe, there's a really good reason for that. And it, and it it goes again to, it alludes to an area where Aaron was mentioning about, um, the charitable status. There's another thing that Americans need to realize has happened in Canada. It's bill C11 and it is a censorship bill. So you can go on Twitter this morning and you can see on Twitter that, that there's a number of news organizations in Canada reporting, that people are calling for Fox news to no longer be allowed to broadcast in Canada. Wow. So the reason why they're linking us to you, not only because of our friendship and your grace, uh, by, by bringing us on and allowing to hear our stories during COVID, But because that bill is linked, the censorship of that bill is linked to Canadian content. So if they can try to demonstrate that the content that we at Liberty Coalition Canada are producing or Aaron's podcast or uh, uh, Jacob's uh, church's ministry or the Ezra Institute is too American, then they can utilize the law that has already been passed in Canada to censor that voice. Yeah. So I think, I, I look, other than the fact that you guys are, they used really good pictures of all of us, Jacob, your picture's <laughs> great. Gabe's, your picture's great. <laughs> my picture's great. I'm very glad about the pictures. Other than just getting all the good looking guys in pictures to correlate it, the real strategy here is to try to blame uh, the thinking of the Ezra mm. Institute on an American source. Mm. Uh, the thinking of the Liberty Coalition Canada and Aaron's church and Jacob's church on an American source. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's certainly that's certainly a part of it. The two American uh, fellows of the Ezra Institute were mentioned in the article. Interesting, I was quite surprised who they picked up. there, there was yeah. Jeff Durbin, yeah, um, and also Jeff Ventrella, that's who right. was for a long time the director of training for ADF at the the um, the Blackstone Legal Academy. Uh, because some wingnut lefty group had called the ADF one of the most prestigious, um, you know, civil rights organizations in America, uh, is identified as a as a hate organization right. um, by some lefty kook group in in the United States. I think Michael's right. If you can tie. And by the way I said in my article you know we are not in the least bit embarrassed by our friendships and relationships with our like-minded american brothers and sisters we 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 we're, we're thankful for them we're proud of those and and uh, we're glad that we have opportunity to work together but I think Michael's got a very interesting angle there in saying that um, because this is not just for the again for the benefit of listeners this this law does not just apply to mainstream media outlets like Fox News, perhaps, but it applies to user-generated content as well. So what that essentially does is gives this bill, gives the Canadian government the right to look at, say, Jacob's church's website or Aaron's church's website or the website of the Ezra Institute mm-hmm. uh, and say, this user-generated content is uh, insufficiently canadian uh, it's, it's, uh, not sufficiently it's, it's hate, uh, um, yeah. uh, content and uh, it needs to be shut down. And I do think that that is the trajectory they're trying to move towards is how can they shut down the free speech of pastors, Christian organizations. And this
2: is one way of trying to justify that. Pastor, Pastor Jacob, I want to end here with, with you. Um, what's encouraging about about this attack what's encouraging about what's going on in canada um it to me i i've definitely pontificated. i've definitely kind of thought about man if i was a pastor in canada would i be leaving that question you know has crossed my mind what do you why do you see maybe this article is actually encouraging to you and your ministry and what's going on in canada
0: Oh, no, I will not be leaving. And I think that there's the, the field is white under harvest. So, I mean, the fact that those who are preaching a full orb gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God, are are now in the spotlight from our national um, broadcaster, the propaganda arm of our federal liberal government. Uh, I mean, to me, that's a compliment. It, yeah. it tells us that something is being done right Uh, And and proper and good among us. And so, and I think when I first saw the article, I mean, I think I, I was like, sweet, this is great. Praise the Lord, because it's bringing very important issues to the fore that need to be discussed. And I mean, they can't accuse me of being American. Like I've, my family's been in this country since the 1640s. So like I'm anything but American, I get, you know, this is, so I I don't know, you know, maybe that's part of the issue. There's American influence in there. And as Michael said, and I believe that's actually in there, but they're not going to be able to do that with me. And this is, I'm preaching a gospel that is consistent to what pastors preached in this country 150 years ago. Right. So, and, and if anyone's messaging is un-Canadian, it's the people who are getting their um their uh, sexual education that originated in downtown San Francisco in the 1960s <laughs> that's right and mm-hmm. now is mainstream from and being propagated sex education from San Francisco Cisco is being propagated by our broadcaster and they're flying a flag that was designed in San Francisco the rainbow flag so that if anything's american that is but it's certainly not the gospel that i'm preaching that's awesome. Aaron, uh any
2: any final comments, Aaron?
1: Well, I just want to point out for those that may not know that the CBC fully admitted to the fact that they infiltrated our churches That's with right. secret recordings. And so right right there you have uh dirty pool uh being played. Uh their their tactics are are less than friendly, less than, you know, conciliatory and and so they're really framing themselves up as, um, you know, our, our enemies. Um, ultimately, we, we hope that our witness will uh, impact them. And perhaps some of these people might even come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But um, our, our intention is to continue to remain faithful. We're, we're not in any way, shape or form dissuaded from our mission. You know, if anything, these sorts of uh, pieces just just galvanize our resolve and we're grateful to the Lord for them
2: thank you Amen. gentlemen thank you gentlemen for coming on water break appreciate you guys by the way history.
0: i love my american brothers and sisters gabe i know i i said the gay flag originated there but <laughs> um you know that is the land the sweet land of liberty and i am grateful for all of you yeah i, I know jacob <laughs> okay so, you,
4: californians say they're from the good ca- part of california yeah. they all they all know that there's some yeah. there's some problems going on the in land that of state. fruit and
0: nuts right
2: <laughs> oh man isn't it uh um uh, the prune, of prune pickers at this point. All the grapes are drying up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for coming on Water Break. Uh, uh As I said at the very beginning of the show, those who are tuning in, uh our cross politics schedule is just a little different this summer, but we got a great, a lot of great content coming out. We got our new app update starting July 1st. There's a lot of entertainment content that we're starting to work on. So stay tuned. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. And until next time, go fight, laugh, and feast. This is the Water Break with Waterboy. No matter where you grew up, we all grew up in the same place, this America. The land of the free and the home of the brave. The land they handed down from generation to generation. And now people are trying to tell us that our forefathers were a disgrace. You know, the ones who gave their lives tilling frontiers of the cities, planes into skyscrapers, and turning deserts into gardens. We build on the shoulders of our forefathers. We don't trample on their graves because the old paths they cleared paved the way for us to greater heights. Small government, bold business, faithful families, as we build innovative companies, launch educational movements, build healthy churches, pubs, and businesses, and work with the same determinations our forefathers had to make our country more of what we know as this America. Join me as I go on a mission to find those 21st century pioneers who still believe in this America.
4: The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow. Through the Spirit, God's Word changes lives. It cuts us to the heart and reshapes us. As you strive to read and study scripture, having a good set of tools can help. From setting reminders for a great reading plan, to word studies and commentaries that shed light on difficult passages, to listening on the go, the Olive Tree Bible app can help you dig into the word wherever you are. Olive Tree Bible app, read, study, listen, anywhere.